This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 75 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to this episode is safe and healthy. I'm very excited to be joined on the podcast by the head coach of Rutgers women's soccer, Mike O'Neill. Of course, being a fall sport, Coach O'Neill and his players had their season postponed a few weeks ago by the Big Ten Conference. And I think, as you'll hear in our conversation, the most difficult part about what is going on, besides the season not happening on time, is the uncertainty. When will they be able to play? Will they be able to play? What will a season look like? And the last thing you want, in my opinion, is a season just to be thrown together by the Big Ten to say that they played. What's the point of that? You know, why would you want to have a season that is a mess, that you throw a couple games together just so you can say that the seniors had a chance? You want to have a season that's organized, well put together, and one that actually means something. You know, unfortunately, so many questions remain, and I feel for the players in the women's soccer program and every fall program right now that are sitting at home and waiting for answers. All we as fans can do is continue to push to stop the spread as we have done so well here in New Jersey already. And hopefully, sometime soon, these fall sports get some answers, and Rutgers women's soccer can once again take the field and make noise not only in the Big Ten, but throughout the country. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. His program was unfortunately one of the fall sports to be postponed by the Big Ten a few weeks ago, and now he and his team remain in limbo as they wait to see what happens next. I'm very happy to be joined once again by the head coach of Rutgers Women's Soccer, Mike O'Neill. Coach, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Lance. Thank you for having me. So, Coach, I'll start with this, as I have with most of the guests since this pandemic started about six months ago. How have you and your family settled into such a crazy time? What's life in the O'Neill house been like over the past six months since normal as we knew it before really shut down and the world now became our new normal? Yeah, it's, you know, for like so many others, it's, uh, you have to take it day by day, you know, from, you know, the, the, the I have three children. Uh, Madeline, Kylie, and Michael, and um, you know when the pandemic hit, and now we had to, the kids had to learn from home. Um, you know, it, uh, it you you had to adjust pretty quickly, and you had to adjust on the fly. But for for us, uh, we we were fortunate because my wife Rachel is a school teacher. But it just there was just so so much that was organized, you know. Obviously, before the pandemic, that when the pandemic hit, we just needed to organize so much in our life and and take it day by day. From the kids learning at home, and like I said, we we're fortunate because my wife is a former teacher, so she was able to really look after our youngest two, uh, Michael and Kylie, and then my daughter Madeline 
his eighth grader going to her freshman year, and she was, you know, extremely self-sufficient. But he tried that. We tried to figure out how to manage the house because then I was working from home, and we found ourselves all in the same area. That didn't work. That became quite crazy because uh, from, you know, the the children learning and the Zoom calls that they were on, and then all the calls and Zoom calls that I was on. It just really created a craziness in the house. Um, so again, we had to figure out for our family uh, what would work, what, what what works for us. And you know, after a couple of weeks, we got organized and, and we were able, you know, to get through the school year and kind of navigate our, our our ourselves through this unprecedented time. I was able to spend more time at home, uh, which I guess if there's and as there's a positive in COVID was that I was home more and able to be around my family, the children, and and spend quality time with uh, with them and especially my wife, Rachel. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it was uh, like everybody else, Lance, it was, uh, there was definitely an adjustment adjustment period to get through and get organized and, and try to figure out a way that we could continue as a family uh, to move forward. So coach, I'll ask you this. Be in regards to obviously the Big Ten postponing the fall sports season. Where were you when you found out that the season was getting postponed? Did you kind of accept it even before that as somewhat inevitable? You know, what was your initial reaction to the decision by the Big Ten? Well, when when we heard the news, I was uh, actually uh, in my office, and uh, Pat Hobbs um, sent out an email to the coaches and and to our student athletes that he, he was going to jump on a call with them. Uh, and talk to them a little bit about what was going on before the announcement came from the Big Ten. So I was in my office, and uh, when the team heard the news, obviously they were heartbroken. We knew there was a strong possibility the decision would be to postpone fall sports because of uh, ongoing health and safety concerns related to COVID. But we always had hope that we would have some type of fall season um, but when it became official, you can only imagine how sad and disappointed everyone was over the past few months. The players, coaches, staff uh, have done everything right on and off the field, followed proper guidelines and protocols to give the team the best opportunity to compete in the fall. So, you know, uh, for the staff, myself, we were sad, disappointed for each player on our team because they've worked so hard over the past few months and to have them all back working together, working hard, joining each other's company, competing at the, at a high level, created even more excitement for the fall season. So to see how upset they were when they heard the news was hard for everyone because you don't want to see the people that you care about your family hurt. Um, although we, we understand, you know, we'll not be able to play this fall. We all know the decision was made in the best interest of the health and safety of the student athletes, uh, coaches, staff, but we we're all disappointed. But what I can tell you is the health and safety has always been the number one priority from the Big Ten and from Rutgers University. So we always knew the outcome was a possibility, uh, but, to, but to hear it, you know, unfortunately, it became the reality, you know. So, you know, we were all set. And look, you have a group that's filled with 
uh, girls, both freshmen all the way up to seniors. And for those seniors specifically, you know, there is still a lot of unknown. When will there be a season? Will there be a season at all this, you know, school year, be it in the fall or in the spring? What were their reactions like? Because especially for those seniors, you know, even if they're granted an extra year, a year of eligibility, some of them might have jobs already lined up for after their senior year. You know, the the future isn't always certain, even if they are given that extra year. What were their reactions um, to obviously the postponement of the season and really the uncertainty in the future of, of college sports this year? Well, I, you know, we have our, the captains, the captains, the leadership, our seniors have done an unbelievable job. I have uh, Amir Ali, Dana Goldstein, Gabby Provenzano are my captains, and my fourth uh, senior is Nekamoname. Um, so they've done an unbelievable job. Um, and what they what they did is they got the pulse of the team and provided information from what they felt the team needed. So I, I think like during these times, you know, your, your leadership has to step up, and our leadership was great helping to guide the team during a pandemic. As you mentioned, the eligibility, you know their eligibility um info it's that's not it's not known yet we don't really know what um the decision is going to be by the ncaa for our seniors um but the thing that has been so important to us is that you know we wanted a year for them that was meaningful you know so you know we're waiting to hear from the ncaa we hope to have a spring season but for those for the seniors we want them to have a meaningful year um for the team we want to have a, a meaningful year but especially for those seniors because they've done you know so much for Rutgers University in the women's soccer program and they've been so important to our success for the past three years but I think the you know we've always talked about and you know we'll know a little bit more about you know the eligibility aspect i believe in the next couple of weeks um i hope they stay but i'll always support their decisions we understand this career opportunities and parole opportunities um the goal is always to develop and prepare them for the next step in their lives um the goal to have them leave you know Rutgers university Rutgers university better than when they arrive and you know this group has done that. Um, we haven't had great conversation with them about what the future holds because we just don't know. You know, we'll, we'll gather some information from the NCAA, then we'll sit down with the four seniors and try to figure out what the next step is. But, you know, for us, it's always been about the health and safety. And we wanted to make sure that the team, especially the seniors, had a meaningful season. And look, you know, there is still that possibility of a season down the road in the spring, um, whatever that season might be, be it a shortened one, an in-conference run, who knows? Obviously, the NCAA and the Big Ten still have to ultimately make that decision. But how do you keep your program and the players focused with that possibility looming? How do you kind of keep them mentally looking ahead to a possible season, knowing that, you know, there there could still be one, you know, a few months down the road? Well, what I can tell you is that uh, since the players have returned, the training has been unbelievable. Um, we've not seen our team together in person since March. And then, you know, we brought in nine freshmen and two transfers. 
And I, I think what has happened is we provided some type of normalcy for them through soccer that they haven't had since March. They have amazing players, amazing people in our program. And to see them back on the field working hard, playing good football, enjoying the time together was really special. And that's what it really was. So what we spoke about uh, after the decision was that we had a brief team meeting and we wanted them to digest the news. We have great leadership in our program. And a few hours later, I received a call from the captains and wanted to share with me how the team was feeling. So what I did is I reached out to each player individually to see how they were doing and what they needed. Every player was disappointed. Disappointed. So what we decided as a coaching staff is that we would give them the weekend off to go home, regroup, and be with their family. We talk so much in our program that family is the important. But what we explained to them before they left was we wanted them to come back on Monday, ready to go, all in, to get better and keep moving the program forward. And the past two days have been probably two of the best training sessions that I can't tell you, you know, that I've been a part of in a very long time. So we just continue to talk about the, you know, that we, that what we can't provide is we can't provide that Thursday, Sunday game, but what we can provide is the opportunity to play and get better as a team and individually each day. But most importantly, we need to find the balance in all that we do as a team because we haven't been told what the spring looks like. So we're going to continue to train and provide some type of normalcy for them, but at the same time, finding the balance in everything that we do until we find out what will happen. Come up with a plan that helps each player. We'll come up with a plan that helps the team. We'll work hard, we'll have fun, and we'll get better. That's our plan. And coach, what about the integration of new players and freshmen? Look, veterans have been here before. They've been a part of your program. They've spent a lot of time with their teammates already. But new players, they don't have that luxury. You know, some, whether they be a transfers, this is a weird time to go to a new college. And freshmen, this is a weird time to start your college careers. How can you bring those additions in and, and really make them, or how have you brought those additions in and really made them a part of the squad, um, both from remotely for a few months ago to now at least being able to do it in person? before I, you know, we're very intentional on who we bring in and we want to bring in good people and good players players of character players that like to work hard but players that buy into the team dynamic and the importance of team importance of family and this this past week you know before we got the news like it was like they've been playing together for a long time you know every the the player the returning players were so welcoming the freshman brought some new life into the team, which um, you expect all freshmen. We have you know, two transfers uh, that brought some experience in as well. And it was amazing to watch it gel together so quickly. And, um, you know, and, and like I said earlier, the, you know, everything was at a high level. And I think it was just the excitement of being together. And I think that when, you know, you enjoy doing something so much, and which is, you know, playing, you know, playing soccer and, you know, being with people that you enjoy their company and you can't do that for a period of time. And that excitement to be back on the field was, was really special. But, you know, I still, the returning players and, you know, our, our upperclassmen, our, our, our captains, our seniors, the way that they brought the, the uh, freshmen in 
and welcoming them with open arms to compete and to be and to you know put their you know to put their guard down, relax, and create this day to day environment that they can be the best that they needed to be was pretty special. But I also believe that that's you know it started a few months back because the communication be, between the the players and the incoming um, has always been a priority to us. Um, because we want to hit the ground running from day one, and uh, and they did it again this year. Joined by the head coach of Rutgers women's soccer, Mike O'Neill. You know, coach, I give you credit. I would think recruiting is as hard as ever now because you don't have the opportunity for in-person recruiting and visits. But your program's 2020 class, it's tops in the Big Ten, ranked inside the top ten in the country. How has recruiting changed, and how specifically have your methods changed to continue bringing in talent at a high level for the 2021 class and beyond? One of the things we try to do, Lance, is we, you know, put so much work into the character of the people that we bring in. Do we get it right all the time? No, but we're doing our best. And we try to com- combine that character with talent and and players that, you know, wanna, that want to come to Rutgers University and compete for championships year in, year out, that have a, an understanding of what it takes to be a champion. You know, I know that our, our coaching staff works very hard in the recruiting process to, you know, to, to get to know people. But I think the the goal of the state university has always been to keep the the best players home in New Jersey. New Jersey is a is a hotbed of soccer. Of the nine freshmen, we have six from Jersey, and then we have uh, one from North Carolina, one from Pennsylvania, and one from New York. But it's um you know we we've done a very good job on on the recruiting trail and we our 2020 class is, is ranked in the country and our 2021 class is ranked in the country but like like i said it comes down to character and talent that when they come in here they want to work they want to have a good experience you know it's so important for us that they're good students because what it tells us is that in addition to the character and the talent it's important for them to be good in other aspects of their life, you know? So, you know, it's Rutgers University is a, it's a strong academic institution. So we need to make sure that we bring in the right student athletes that have character, that have talent, and have a commitment to education. That is what kind of takes us when we're, when we're trying to find the, the, the players that can be successful here. Those are the key to our success. You know, it seems simple, you know, but it's not. It requires a lot of work because we promised everybody a good experience when they, when they, when they come here. Um, but again, it's like we are very happy in what we've done with the 2020, 2021, and 22 class. When this all started, how do you and your staff prepare for situations like this? Because like, there is no playbook, there is no precedent to follow. What are conversations like? What were they like? And what is planning like with all of this unknown back when it first started a few months ago till now with still this, you know, uncertainty looming? It hasn't been easy because like, you know, we've talked about it changes every day. And sometimes, you know, too many times when I would talk to my, uh, my staff or um, the captains, and not be able to provide information because the pandemic was changing every day 
so everybody's searching for you know information you know on whether you know are we going to have a season you know or should we be preparing and you know things of that nature so it was very challenging um but i think the thing that was was really important is you know, we had great leadership here at Rutgers University that provided provided as much information to me and other coaches as they possibly could. You know, Pat Hobbs and his staff, Dr. Bouchard, who's our chief medical officer, um, you know, they helped to guide us through unprecedented times and keep our student athletes safe. The hard part in all that is information, you know? So it was very hard to provide the the information that made everybody, you know, uh, feel that hey, we that we were going to have a season. So, you know, it was uh, it was it. Nice. It was very difficult, um, but it was something that we that we uh, I thought we as a staff, I thought as a university, you know, we did a very good job with. Um, I think the leadership again at Rutgers University, and the leadership in all the programs um, has has been has been great. Um, so yeah, it was, it was difficult, but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we had to deal with and do the best job that we possibly could with the information that we were given, knowing that the people or the players, the student athletes trusted the information that we were providing at that time and knew that every time we received more information, we would communicate and reach out to them. So they knew what was going on. Um, so I think that everybody involved in the program, although at times was challenging, it was challenging, did a very good job. Coach, a couple more before I let you go. You know, obviously it's the Big Ten's decision, but what do you think needs to happen for a season to start? Do you think a bubble needs to be formed, which, you know, you're reading is maybe part of the discussion for college basketball in the winter. What do you think needs to happen in order for fall sports, be it men's and women's soccer, football, whatever it is, to, to play and, and to have some sort of a season here in either 2020 or obviously in the spring of 2021? You know, I think the, I think every day we learn more about the virus, you know, so, you know, this will help give us the best chance to compete in the spring. Um, but like I, I look at today, what we did is we had uh, Dr. Bashad come in um, like I said, as the chief medical officer here at Rutgers University, met with the team after training. Um, the team had questions because now we, you know, we know that there's no fall season, so it is so important to educate the players and the, on the importance of their behaviors and give the players the opportunity to ask questions to to help keep everyone in our lives safe. You know, so I think that um, you know it's. Um, you know, I, when I when I think of the spring and and what could happen, I you know, there's the health and safety is still the number one concern. And you know, I look at you know, like I said, I hope that you know, with the virus, we'll learn more information about it every day. Um, but I don't know what the spring will look like. You know, I know that we want to compete, we want to get back on the field, um, but at the same time, our major concern is player safety. We want them to be healthy. So we'll wait and hear how the conversation develops. Coach, last one for me, and you kind of answered it in my previous question and earlier in our discussion, but, you know, as a coach, you need to prepare your team for whatever happens in the future, whatever a season comes. But you also obviously need to have your team's best interest at heart. How do you balance 
you know, obviously preparing for whatever the future might hold while also obviously making sure that most importantly, as you've been saying, your team and, and your players and your staff uh, stay safe and, and ultimately stays healthy. The big part for us, and that's where Dr. Fashad came in, we have uh, Tracy Brewer as our athletic trainer, one of the best in the business. Um, I think that, you know, um, you know, obviously we're disappointed for the players, coaches, and, you know, because everybody approached each day dedication determination to get better in everything that we that we did um and everything that we'll continue to do but at the same time i need to be able to find the balance and what that balance is is making sure that you know you know we're going to wait to hear what happens with the spring but at the same time we talk about the rucker standard the rucker standard for us is that every day we come out and we get better whether that be you know, in the classroom or on the field. And the only thing that we can control is the day-to-day. And uh, so I am 100% positive that the team will come out and get better, work hard and get better every day. But what we need to be able to do is to find the balance of recognizing, you know, you know, the hard work, the fun, when it all just needs to be fun, when they need to have a break. Um, that's why I still go back to the leadership. It's so important to create an environment where the players on your team, especially the leadership, feels comfortable to come into the office and say, Coach, this is what we think we need, and discuss it with them um, on why they feel that they need that. Um, because, again, everybody here is just looking out for the best interest of the players, of our student-athletes. You know, So, again, during this time, we're going to figure that out. I promise them that we would figure that out to make sure that I never – we never want this to be a job. It's got to be a passion. It still has to be sport. It still has to be fun. There still needs to be the commitment to development, the commitment to team. But what we need to figure out through the course of uh, the next couple of months is how we do that. And then making sure at the same time, if there is a season, because we want there to be a season, we want to compete in the spring and how we prepare ourselves for that season. But again, as I said to you early, you know, uh, we'll get, uh, we're going to get through the pandemic. We'll come out stronger. We need to stick together during this time. But health and safety of the student athletes is always going to be our number one responsibility, our number one priority. So as we continue to, to move forward, that will, that will be what drives us, what, what keeps our, ourselves and our, my, my coaching staff focused on everything that we're doing because it's it's the health and well-being the mental health and well-being of everybody who's involved in the program and we talk so much about family we are a family we look after each other and you know through the pandemic we need to come out stronger um and that's going to be our number one focus at the same time making sure that academically we continue to achieve as we always do Health, well-being, family, obviously the most important thing during this pandemic, especially with so much uncertainty looming regarding not only women's soccer in general in the fall, um, but obviously all fall sports. Uh, Rutgers women's soccer head coach Mike O'Neill. Coach, thank you so much once again for coming on the podcast, giving me some of your time. Um, I look forward to having you on soon. And again, most importantly, stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, be well. Thank you for your time, Lance. I want to thank Coach O'Neill for coming on the podcast to discuss with me the postponement of the season and how he and his program are maintaining focus and preparation as they await answers. 
you know, even with the uncertainty and all the question marks surrounding the near future of fall sports, Coach O'Neill and the staff are still doing a remarkable job bringing in high-quality talent into this program. You know, even with recruiting restrictions, the staff put together a nationally ranked 2020 class and perhaps an even more highly rated 2021 class when all is said and done. What I think makes these question marks easier to deal with for the program is the leadership that they have. Amira Ali, Neka Moname, Dana Goldstein, Gabby Provenzano, all four have been through ups and downs and have accomplished so much. As Coach spoke about throughout our discussion, they have brought the team together even when they were apart and have really helped integrate new additions and create chemistry between everyone in the program. You know, once again, I want to thank Coach for joining me on the podcast to talk about the Rutgers and women's soccer program. Hopefully, we see not only women's soccer, but all fall sports sooner rather than later. But until we do, Coach O'Neill has his program focused on improvement so that whenever a season ultimately is played, they are ready to compete and maintain the success that they've had throughout years and years here on the Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.